movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. Welcome back. We took last week off because I was out of town, but we're back this week, and we talking Batman. We've we've been sitting on it long enough. Y'all have had plenty of time to see it, so we're going to talk because seeing a great movie is not enough. We always want to know, okay, what now? What next? What are we going to get on the table? What's in the cards? What does the Batman spell for the future of this new, hopefully, franchise? And it should be, because it's making a buttload of money. Um, Mm -hmm. So, thankfully, the Batman itself, as a movie, as well as cast and crew interviews, have kind of given us a good look at what we might be expecting in the future of these Batman movies, which kind of makes me very excited. So, that's what we're going to talk about in our discussion this week. But first, before we get into all that, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm chilling like a villain, dude. I am super tired, actually. I just did back-to-back 12-hour shifts with, like, four hours of sleep before between them. So that was... So I slept into, like, 11 o'clock today and then just, like, got breakfast and then didn't move. <laughs> so this is the most I'm moving all day today. So then this episode is going to either go really well because Josh will be sleep-deprived and be all hyped up and we were Ooh. off last week or really, really badly either way should be good for you guys um yeah but fun but josh you watch anything good um so i actually finally saw uh batman last week which is great which is also like means we can actually have this discussion now um i uh also i pay i've showed my brother uh the suicide squad james gunn's suicide squad um he'd never seen it he'd seen bits and pieces but he'd never seen the full movie and he was like appreciated it just as much as i did uh it's fantastic it's really fun to like rewatch after all these like all these months of removed from it um uh, i attempted to watch a, a horror movie a recent horror movie um this w- week as well uh texas you chainsaw have seen, have seen the trailers for antlers oh <laughs> I'm curious. That's in my HBO Max queue, and I was trying to watch it while I was on my break, but I watched a lot of other stuff instead. We've actually got a friend of ours that wants to know our thoughts on Antlers, so... Uh... I do. Do I say my thoughts on Antlers? Oh, then? go for it. I'm curious. Okay. Um. <sighs> the movie is about... And I, I think you've the trailers one of the trailers gives it away it's it's about a wendigo essentially it's about wendigos and like oh wendigo okay i thought you said bodegas and i was like it's about bodegas it's a haunted (laughs) bodega which honestly doesn't sound like a bad idea idea. (laughs) um kim's convenience as a horror show oh stop (laughs) um but basically like essentially the um the dad of the main kid his dad gets like attacked by a wendigo and so then that disease transfers to him which is not how wendigos work um at all play until Uh, dawn yeah like that's just that's not how that works but okay sure whatever movie add that that's fine whatever um and so he the kid basically pretty sure that the dad kills the mom because of it and that's how they find out that he's infected and like eats her alive or something but anyway See, so that would the, turn him the, into a wendigo that would make sense that that would but being bitten by a wendigo was that's not, not how that works um anyway the movie is essentially like it takes wendigos and uses it 
as a way to have a conversation about parental abuse, uh, both um, emotional and mental and sexual. So, um, and that involves the teacher that that is the kid, the, the kid's teacher. And it like, it's one of those like, because I'm a big fan of the Babadook and I love that like it it's obviously follows the stages of grief it obviously it has a certain story to tell granted some of the 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 stuff that the mom does in her quote-unquote grief um is kind of questionable but uh here it it's like they're trying to hide i guess it's not clear if the teacher's brother knows what happened and that's why she left and like it's just it's jumbled it doesn't work uh the trailers were super interesting but the movie yeah the trailers look great um i kid you not about 30 minutes in i was like so is something gonna happen or are we just like walking around a whole lot and then i like so i did the little thing on the remote like switch down so you can see how much of the movies left and there was still like an hour left i was like what <sighs> okay like i shouldn't i should i shouldn't be in your movie being like when is this like gonna pick up or like when is this gonna be over like i know <laughs> i shouldn't be asking when 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 your movie's gonna be over so it, yeah the it trailers was fine the trailers did kind of look to me kind of like they were trying to be the babadook yes. mixed with a little more like actual horror not that babadook isn't horror but like it's there's not as much like jump scares or like actual like yeah. visual horror to the babadook uh i watched a horror movie too this year's scream was now on paramount plus so i watched it hey. and so i already knew who Ghostface was just because it had been long enough that I'm just like, I don't care yeah. about spoilers. So if it gets spoiled for me, whatever. Even if I didn't know who it was, I could still guess because I've seen a Scream movie before. Everyone was like, keeps hyping it up like they do every single Scream movie. I, I've never understood Scream. Like, I've seen every single mm, one. Same. I like every single one enough. I think they're fun, mindless entertainment. But I don't think they reinvented the wheel nearly as much as people think. Maybe the first one, but... This one, people are just like, oh, yeah, it's a great callback to the original. It's It harkens back to that spirit. I'm just like, no, it's like the Force Awakens of Scream or <laughs> like Halloween 2018, except like not nearly as clever as it thinks it is. Like, yeah. God, without giving spoilers away, the killers very much are just the same killer types as the original movie. If... If you follow the exact same clues as the original movie, you're going, oh, okay, so it's that person or persons. Like, it's. They had a chance to really think outside the box with this new one, and they didn't. That being said, it's not bad. Um, uh, I think it's Melissa Barrera as the main character. She was not very good. I had heard going into it that there was a little bit of. The internet was kind of mixed on her. Some people were really defending it, and other people were really not buying into it. Yeah. She was not for me. And with Scream, you even at the worst of times to Scream, you have a darn good protagonist with Sidney Prescott. And even then, mm -hmm. when it's not Sidney, you've got um oh Hayden Panettiere's character from Scream 4, I think is one of the best in the entire franchise. Scream has good protagonists. Except for this new one. Um Yeah, it was whatever. 
Um, I since I watched Ed Wood on the plane on our trip because mm-hmm. I love Ed Wood, it kind of really got me in the mood to watch Plan Nine from Outer Space. So oh, gosh. I watched that on YouTube, and I didn't hate it because I kind of went in with the correct expectations of just like. This is made for like five dollars and it's (laughs) like if this was made nowadays and put on YouTube, it would be a huge hit. But then again, I think if it was made today and put on YouTube, the people making it would be like self-aware that it's bad. Um, It was dumb. I I get why it has the reputation that it does, but it's fun. Come on now. Like it's playing (laughs) from outer space. And as a movie fan, I feel like I had to see it at some point in my life. Um. Also watched on the plane ride back, I watched an interesting d- documentary on Disney Plus, of all places, about the University of Houston in the 80s about uh, Team Phi Slamma Jamma with Cl- Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon and uh, oh, Benny Anders. It was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Basically, they talked about like this really, really dominant Houston team, which I, I had known about because my dad's a big University of Houston fan. Um they're talking about how this they had this like three years of dominance, and after that, one of their players just kind of fell off the map. Like, not like he got in trouble or anything. Well, he minor got in trouble, but like genuinely, no one had heard from him in thirty years. So two of the captains from the team go out and try and find him while they're also talking about the events that actually happened in the eighties. It was a really well documentary, well done documentary. But the best thing I watched since the last time we gathered together here is Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds' The Atom Project. I I actually think I like this more than Free Guy. I liked Free really? Guy. I like Free Guy a lot, but I think the Adam Project has a stronger and more emotional story. Like Free Guy is basically just the Lego movie or the Truman show. And the Adam Project absolutely is wearing its heart on its sleeve of what its inspirations were. But I really enjoyed the Adam Project. And when I got done with him, just like you know what? People keep whining and complaining about lack of originality in movies clearly aren't paying attention to Sean Levy. Basically, his entire filmography is creative and original concepts. Real Steel, Night at the Museum Trilogy, uh, Free Guy, The Atom Project. He's been uh, Stranger Things. He worked with the Duffer Brothers on Stranger Things. All of those original concepts, yes, they have heavy inspiration from other things, but I'm excited that Sean Levy's doing Deadpool 3, which we'll talk about here. I'm excited. (laughs) I was just like... (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, gee, nay, I wonder why you would be watching a Sean Levy project. Because he's one of my favorite really directors. Because he's one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. directors and has been since he directed the famous Jet Jackson TV show and movie. <laughs> and actually was on the famous Jet Jackson as an actor, too. He what played the director on Famous Jet Jackson, which is so meta. Uh, he's great. I love Sean Levy and all of his movies, which gets me excited for Deadpool. Because now that I think about it, that might actually be his first ip movie which is just bizarre oh also on a yeah. side note i've been playing wwe 2k22 i got that for the oh, ps5 no. oh no oh no 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 it's like 2k19 nope. except polished like, oh good so I, it's an actual game i you skipped 20 <laughs> i skipped 20 entirely because i have a functioning brain well i have a podcast so maybe not but <laughs> but 22 i was like oh a functioning game and i know some people are like we're yes. missing features i'm like would you like these features that and a broken game or miss those features and a game that functions and works well uh it's fun <laughs> I, I forget how good the gameplay is in wwe when it's actually working <laughs> 
I hate the WWE games because, like, you're either having a great time or yelling at the screen. Wait, why is that happening? I'm pressing the button. Why no, isn't think, it working? I think you oh. will like this one a lot better because they completely change up the control scheme. So it's much more reliant on combos than anything else. Um, and not uh, just, hey, who can master the reversal button better? It's not that. Mm. There's only certain Wait. points that you can actually hit the reverse at this time. Well, and like the reversal, like whole scheme was like, it wasn't even even if like you were quote unquote good at the reversals like you could still get somebody could still get lucky on you that it was like their first time ever playing it was so dumb i uh i i uh i restarted let's see like gaming wise i restarted the the minecraft server for me and my family uh because it we have i had one and then I didn't play for a long time, and so it got expired, and so now we restarted one, and it, it has in, uh, ensued in a lot of hilarity, honestly. Uh, my brother trapped us all down in a, a sand uh, Don't dig down! Then... <laughs> oh, see, see, I'm smart, and I want to have fun, so I have uh, in, keep inventory on, so even if you die, you don't lose anything. So I was like, I'm not stupid here, bro, which also just means that, like, we had a at the old base. We had a, a suicide um, bridge where you could just jump off, and it would spawn you right back up on top. <laughs> it was stupid, dude. This this is what me and my brothers do. Um, also, I I gotta update this. I know you and I talked quite a bit before we hopped on, but um, I have finally finished um, uh, Order of the Phoenix for for Harry Potter the book, and I cannot tell you how tough it was to get through that book oh my goodness uh and yeah. i am now i'm now almost halfway almost halfway through uh half-blood prince um and it is a breath of fresh air he, he nathan is nate's been telling me like bro like this is literally the best book in the series you will love it and i'm like okay yeah 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 but like literally this is the best book in the series so far i'm really enjoying it the funny thing is with half-blood prince it's the only time that I can think of that there's a moment in the movie that's actually better than the book. And it's when Harry takes the Felix Felicis. Like, it's yes. funny. It's funny in the book. It's perfect in the movie. And in that time, every time my family and I watch, we're just like, yeah, that's not Harry. That's just Daniel Radcliffe in real life. That's just Daniel Radcliffe on three espressos that morning. Yes, exactly. And, it's, and I think like knowing what happens in the movie, I, ha I already know the full story of the book. So going into this, that's definitely helping. But it's also like kind of making me nervous, too, because I'm like, I still know what all comes is coming. And I still have like this section of the book. Like, oh, it's just it's pretty good. I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't know. The books actually acknowledge the relationship building between Jenny and Harry. <laughs> and not like the movies where it's like, oh, crap, yeah. oh, that's yeah, got to be a thing. Oh, yeah, They got to end up together. Oh, crap, we forgot. Oh, no. Just like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, they need that mirror thing that Dumbledore gives them. <laughs> yeah, like it really like in the movies, Harry gets it out of nowhere. <laughs> it's, it's literally so just in his bag. And they're like, oh, yeah, remember yes. this thing? Going, yeah, no. we're like, no, we don't. We don't remember this thing. <laughs> but you know what we all remember? The beauty that is Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And guys, we can rejoice and celebrate together 
in the return of the king because oh my god this obi-wan kenobi trailer it started off really really good like the first mm, 25 30 seconds were really really good and then john williams is just like you know what hold my orchestra and then the rest <laughs> of the trailer is cinematic perfection you literally could have just played the music with no visuals and i would still have my jaw on the floor because god the music in the kenobi trailer was good throw um just throw duel of the fates in anything and i'm fine with it mixed with a little bit of uh what was it battle of the heroes from revenge of the sith mm -hmm. and it's just like oh but thankfully this trailer is not just amazing music this show i didn't think i could get any more hype for the kenobi series just because obi-wan kenobi's been my favorite character ever since phantom menace i love ewan mcgregor my love for him has only grown if at all possible because loved him back in 99 still love him to this day we've all been wanting to know what's going to happen with kenobi because when disney acquired lucasfilm they're like we're doing a whole bunch of spinoffs we're doing solo we're getting a boba fett thing we're getting a obi-wan thing um then Rogue One kind of had a lot of production issues, and then Solo failed financially, and Josh Trank was a raging alcoholic and trashed a hotel room the night before Star Wars Celebration and made fan four stick, so he got fired. <laughs> um, and then this project got stuck in a limbo, and then along comes this thing called Disney+, Plus, which I think, in the grand scheme of things, probably saved this, because Kenobi was originally supposed to be a yeah. movie, but instead of getting two hours... We're getting six hours of Kenobi, so I'm super, super down for this. Tied with the fact that the person directing this is Deborah Chow, who did some of the best episodes of Mandalorian. And the return of the secondary king. Ewan McGregor will always be King King, but the secondary king. The return of Joel freaking Edgerton as Owen Lars. Let's go, son. I'm so hyped for this, man. I loved in an interview... That they're that Deborah Chow is just like the greatest thing George Lucas did for us was casting Joel Edgerton as Owen Lars. I'm just like, she knows like, what's up, bro, bro. Like, and like, it's really cool to see to think like that was kind of one of Joel's like first like roles, give or take, in in, in Hollywood. Two thousand two. Yeah, and like now he is an actual star, and it's like, oh, dude, this is so cool. Um, also, I did not expect. To get the feels of Luke pretending to drive a pod racer, dude, I was like, that hit oh, the heart. Like, oh, oh, dude, oh, I just, I can't. I'm so excited for this. Um, the Grand Inquisitor, I think, is my only. If I had to nitpick on the trailer, he does look a little off. He looks like a little chubby, a little bit. But uh, you know yeah. what? I'll take it. We're going in this direction, and um. It looks like Wong is playing an inquisitor. Inquisitor as that's well. Not really Wong. His name. That's not Wong. That's that's Lewis. It looks that's like him. no. That's um Han from Fast and Furious. That's um oh what's his name? Are you sure? Yeah, that's Han Fast. Okay, no, that's Han that's Fast right, and Furious right. Nine. It that is Sun Kang. Sun Kang. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I remember he had been Wong. cast That's in crazy. it. It's not Wong. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm kind of with you on the Grand Inquisitor. Like, I thought it looked cool in the trailer. And then I saw afterwards, I'm like, oh, that was supposed to be the Grand Inquisitor? 
But yeah. How messed up would it be if he looks like that? And since they can't kill him, because we know he dies in Rebels, spoiler alert, like, Obi-Wan kind of, like, squishes his face a little bit by the end of the show. Like, he looks like a normal human, and then it just kind of gets a little compressed by, like, a trash compactor or something. <laughs> Obi-Wan makes some joke of, like, oh, you could, like, maybe he's got him at, at you know, he's got him beat or whatever. He's like, me, you would have won if you lost some weight or something. <laughs> no, no. You know what? What I don't need is Obi-Wan making fun of fat people. That is not something I need, okay? But, I mean, uh, but- Obi-Wan is known for puns like come on now That's, you're not wrong but the the problem is with the inquisitors as cool as it looks well we know one of them could die but mm-hmm. the rest of them are pretty safe like sung kang's character is like fifth brother or something who we know for a fact is in rebels or like mm-hmm. sixth sister i think is like she's clearly in rebels same with grand inquisitor um the one Inquisitor that we have not seen before. She could probably die. We've never seen her before. But using the Inquisitors, that's a great idea. And I know some people were upset when it came out uh, last week that they're like, well, Maul was originally um, written for the show, but Dave Filoni kind of came along and rewrote and people were like, why didn't you do Maul? Y'all didn't watch Rebels. You can't use Maul. And whether you like Rebels or not, Rebels is canon. You can't just uncanonize something just because some people didn't see it. Granted, my theory is when this Kenobi project was supposed to be a movie back in like 2016-ish, Kenobi versus Maul probably was the plan, but this project got delayed so much that they didn't know whether or not they'd even be able to do this movie. So that storyline kind of slid in to rebels which has happened a lot in animated form of storylines will eventually resurface somewhere like there there's that footage for years of boba fett versus cad bane in a deleted episode of clone wars that eventually came true in book of boba fett so i think they wanted to tell them all story but didn't know if they would ever get a chance to so that's why i ended up in rebels you just can't decanonize rebels though because yeah. it, it it complicates a lot of things so i appreciate though that feloni stepped in and was like we can't do maul i'm still on the fence about vader though coming back just because it's like but but we we had them in a big epic fight however i'm okay with hayden christensen coming back if he's used for flashback scenes to actually mm-hmm. get us to care about obi-wan and anakin because even as a kid and still to this day i don't by the brotherhood and the friendship between Obi-Wan and Anakin if you're just looking at the live action movies. I know the Clone Wars did a lot of good in showing this friendship, but the live action movies, which is what most people have seen, sorry Clone Wars fans, uh the movies don't do a good job of it. Basically, you get him when he's a little kid and then you immediately flash forward 10 years. Hey, remember that time that I saved you from a nest of Gundarks? Ah, uh, that was fun. We're friends, right? And then the rest of the movie splits them up. What I don't get is so much of the prequels splits our characters up. Like, Obi-Wan and Anakin share barely any screen time together. And also, like, character-wise, for the first half of Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan acts more like Anakin should, and Anakin acts more like Obi-Wan should. It's super, super weird. Uh, But if we get some flashback scenes, and actually I get to care about Anakin more and his friendship with Obi-Wan... Then I'm down. That being said, you could have 
Obi-Wan Kenobi drinking green milk from that thing in Last Jedi for six hours, and I will still watch those as soon as the episode drops every night because yeah. it's Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm excited. Um I'm much less apprehensive than I thought I would be. Uh, so going, and I think part of that's because I'm comparing to my feelings on uh, Boba, because even with the trailers, even with like the first couple episodes, I was still very apprehensive of what we were doing with the show. Whereas this is like, nah, like I don't, I don't care how this goes. I, I am down and ready to rock. Awesome. Um, I am excited about Hayden. I, I genuinely, I, I want more of uh, what that small snippet we saw of them in um, in Re Revenge of the Sith. In the third they're What's in there? Why are there good camaraderie scenes in elevators? Yeah, like <sighs> Revenge of the Sith. It's in an elevator. Are you going? Did you press the stop button? No, did you? Did you press the stop button? No, did you? Did you press the stop button? <laughs> that that's something <laughs> else. But um, I actually like. Did you kind of pick up on this from the trailer? I'm getting some Fallen Order vibes from this of like, bit. what's the way to draw out a Jedi yeah, is patience. They can't help what they are, which that's exactly how Cal Kestis got exposed in the Fallen Order game was more or less just mm -hmm. like a, I can't not help someone in a situation type of thing. So I, yeah. I really like that of just like, it's, uh, I, it's a weird analogy, but go with me. It's like in the show Krypton, that two-season show on sci-fi that no one watched. They bring this great question of Superman's great-grandfather is made aware of what will happen to Krypton. But he knows it's the right thing to do not to do anything. He's like, do I save the lives of millions of people? But in the process, the galaxy doesn't get a Superman. So what's more valuable? This one specific life that will save billions or the death of millions. To a smaller extent, that's kind of what we're seeing here with Kenobi of just like me intervening here and saving maybe a dozen or two dozen people or maybe even hundreds of people. Is that worth it when yeah. I need to be protecting the one person that could essentially save millions and billions? I love that type of struggle with a character of just like... It's such a tough ask of any character. Also, Liam Neeson has to be in this, right? Like, he has to be, because they set it up in Revenge of the Sith that <laughs> you've got to learn some things from your former master. There's there's no way that he doesn't show up as Force Ghost. I, I think I could totally see... Like, I, it's going to become... It's going to get introduced to us in the show, like, in a, the most casual way. Like Obi-Wan, like picture like in Ratatouille when he's when, when he's got the ghost of uh, the chef following him around, like talking like it's like he's there all the time. Obi-Wan like goes into his, his hut or something and he's like, yo, why can't I just and then oh, here comes uh, Qui-Gon like, nah, bro, like this is why like, hey, let's talk about what you need to do. This is stupid. This is what the Jedi Order would say. But this is what I say. Like I could, I could totally see that kind of stuff. It would, it would be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I, I, I don't see any way I can not be excited for it. Um, yeah, let's go. So we're still a little ways away, but I believe filming is set to begin on the Mandalorian season three relatively soon. 
So they went out and got someone that has a lot of experience in the realm of sci-fi, but better yet, has experience being both a man and experience with a DeLorean. Hate you. I hate that joke. <laughs> it's so good and you know it. <laughs> oh man. It's the only I I worry though that the reason we've cast Christopher Lloyd in Mandalorian season three is solely for that joke and that joke alone of like Mando, where we're going, we don't need hyperdrives. Like, or like maybe he doesn't have a clue, or who framed Boba Fett? I don't know. I'm running out of out of Christopher Lloyd movies here. Baby Yoda's <laughs> super babies. No. Baby Yoda's too. No, no, you're done. Get out of here. Oh yes, my I made a Super Babies joke in 2022. No, I don't hate on Super Babies. That is a special place in my heart. The second one, though. Reason. Yeah, uh, but okay. So what's crazy to me is like my first thought was like, wait, so is Doc going to show up? Because that 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 creates some interesting questions of like, wait, so does Earth have like exist? Like, but like uh, with all that being said. Christopher Lloyd's a fantastic actor, and he's going to be a great addition to Mandalorian, and I don't see how uh, that could go any other way. Do you see him? Do you see him as a good guy or a bad guy on this show? Oh, because I can totally like see him being like a like a moth or something like that. Of the, uh, but at the same time, I kind of want to like. I don't know, like, this is our opportunity to tell new stories, so, like, let, maybe let's not drag the Empire into yet another season. Um, but I don't know. Like, it could be fun if he was a bad guy. Maybe... So, <sighs> one of the things about that the Book of Boba Fett did that I both like, I loved because it gave, of the all the scenes that it gave us hated in, in concept of story, in that Baby Yoda is now back with Mandalorian. Um, and that kind of makes the first two seasons feel pointless in some ways. Um, so let's I, I'm interested to see how going forward they will be like, all right, cool. This is why Baby Yoda's decision was a good thing. This is why this is how it will affect um Mando and like all I just I'm excited. The thing I'm nervous about is when he shows up in his new ship, albeit super cool. Um, in season three, I, I'm just concerned for anybody that skipped Bo Book of Boba Fett because then they're going to be like, "Wait, what? Where did he get this new ship? Where? What is this? You know what I mean?" So I, I, I'm, I am nervous that while I understand why it was tied in, um. Mando being so heavenly, heavily involved in the back end of uh, Book of Boba Fett can definitely cause some issues. I don't, I don't want all of these shows to be like required. I don't want this to turn into the Marvel Universe. I don't need, I don't, I shouldn't feel like I have to watch 20 movies to watch one. Like that doesn't, yeah. Yeah, but we're now in the age of cinematic universes, so probably. Yeah, yeah, um, I kind of hope Christopher Lloyd is like one of the last remnants or is trying to help rebuild the old Republic because maybe he was there 
like during yeah. the prequel era because he's old enough to have been there um yeah i thought maybe but the actor that played the original character is still alive so they probably want to just go with him be like ooh, what if he played chancellor valorum the guy that palpatine ooh. took his spot but terrence stamp who originally played him in phantom menace is still alive so they probably would have just gotten um terrence stamp to come back but i think that's a that would be fascinating of see the guy that was supposedly really, really good at his job that got voted out of power to see the rise of Palpatine, like someone that sat on the sidelines. I think maybe if he was, um, not the Jedi Council, the Senate. Yeah, they're the same thing. Um, If he was on the Senate at the time of the rise of Palpatine, maybe? Or we've already got... uh, we got Werner Herzog in the first season. I would like to see the baby. Maybe mm. he's another scientist like the client. Maybe he's another one of those older guys that was there in the prequel era. That was like, there's this like magical blood. It's like midi chlorians. Cause say what you want, guys. Midi chlorians are never going away. They will come <laughs> back into Ooh. canon. Uh, no wait they already are recanon didn't they was it either mandalorian or rise of skywalker that they talked about mini chlorians because that was always the plan guys i know it sucks but mini chlorians are here to stay unfortunately what if so we're talking about characters that were around the fall of the republic right what if and he doesn't even have to be on the council on the jedi council or anything like that what if he's playing one a, a, a surviving Jedi that had that took that was like on one of the missions that basically is a li- liaison between the Senate and the Council to kind of keep tabs on the Senate, right? So he sees the what how like the Jedi were so like far removed from what their purpose was that they kind of got lost in their all their traditions and stuff like that, and so you get and we have him introduce and try to train baby yoda in a more of a gray jedi sort of way introducing gray jedis to the live action canon um that ain't gonna happen so just for some reason and like for some reason for some reason mainline canon star wars does not like to acknowledge gray jedi and i don't understand why i know people be like ray ended up being a gray jedi did she though no, she here's didn't. here's my here. counterpoint that I'm just having a thought on the fly. We know at some point that Mando's gonna have to go to Mandalore to bathe in the waters to cleanse himself of his supposed sins and their traditions. I would kind of really dig it if Christopher Lloyd is a Mandalorian elder, like a, Ooh, that yeah. saw the fall of Mandalore and has saw generations. Maybe he like is the guardian of the waters, so to speak. And he's like the only one safeguarding the entire planet. Kind of like mm. somewhat, but kind of like the knight at the end of Last Crusade, the one that's just like, you put yeah. chose poorly. What if he's like the the guardian of the Mandalorian pool type of thing? Hmm. I'm done with that. I think any way, like shape or form, I think we just want him to... <sighs> The, the the thing that I'm nervous about whenever we have this kind of talk about we need a character to kind of like that's like 
tells us the past and kind of shows us the faults of it so we can move on into the future, blah, blah, blah. The thing that makes me nervous about that is I don't want Christopher Lloyd to come into the Star Wars universe just to be an exposition machine, um, which so far the, Dave Filoni's done good about not doing that kind of sort of thing. But at the same time, it, it is a danger that I think they'll have to address. Well, at least Mar at least Star Wars stuff lately shows up on time, more than I could say for all the DC movies that you know and are excited for, for one specific reason that I'm sure is the culprit behind everything, but basically any DC movie, live action or anime that you've been excited for, not gonna happen for at least a little bit, um, and I think the big contributing factor to that is Discovery, but we'll break that down a little bit here. Um, so, you've got the highly, highly anticipated League of Super Pets. That gets delayed to July. I know there's at least like four of you out there that are excited for this movie. Uh, Black Adam, I believe, got delayed till March of next year. It moved. It's moved like twice this year alone. I felt like it got moved to October and then like a week later it got moved to March. Aquaman and the Flash both have moved to 2023. And we'll talk about why those are kind of interesting here in a bit. But... At least there's some good news. Shazam has moved up, actually. It's not coming in 2023. It's coming December 2022, to which David F. Sandberg, the director of the first one and the director of this one, uh, kind of poked fun on social media. He's just like, so the first Shazam is a movie set around Christmas time that came out during the summer, and the sequel is a movie that takes place during the summer that comes out around Christmas time. Okay, yeah, that works. Like, I love David S. Sandberg. Like, he can always poke fun. I'm also wondering if Shazam got moved up because that's been done filming for a little bit. If that one requires less practical effects, but also since it's a smaller budget, it David F. Sandberg runs a pretty tight ship. I wouldn't be surprised if that one is just like pretty far along. So they're just like, you know what? Mm -hmm. We'll just slot that one up. Obviously, these delays suck. Because The Flash, will this movie ever actually come out? Uh, no, Black Adam. Black Adam, we doubted for a really long time, but good God, that first look in that um, mm -hmm. We Need Heroes trailer, which. DC. Actually, this is not DC's fault, this is Warner's fault, but y'all, if you have this big, huge, epic look at all these movies that are coming out in 2022 mm -hmm. trailer, dropping right before The Batman. And only one of those movies, The Batman, is actually coming out in 2022. Maybe you should pull that trailer or don't show that in front of The Batman anymore. Because that was a trailer nah. for The Batman, Black Adam, Aquaman, and The Flash. And none of those movies are coming out this year that hasn't already come out. So obviously this has to do with the discovery acquisition of Warner. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure they want to get the lay of the land of everything. of just like, okay... We want to sit on this for a little bit, wait, analyze what we've got, get all of our ducks in a row, then we want to properly release this. Because Discovery, unlike current administration, are not idiots. They want to see the proper landscape. But also, I think there's a detail here that not enough people are talking about. The original mm -hmm. schedule was League of Super Pets coming out, um, then The Flash no, then Black Adam later this year, then The Flash, then Aquaman, then Shazam. 
I think it's a huge deal that The Flash is now the last one to come out after mm-hmm. Aquaman, because we know the Flash is more or less to, supposed to be an adaptation of Flashpoint, and we'd heard some stuff about like we've seen pictures and saw the like that like kind of first look that we've got Michael Keaton's Batman. They're they're really pulling a whole bunch of different stuff. Could HBO not HBO? Could Discovery and Warner really be going all in with Flash in terms of okay? We're about to get new ownership with Discovery. Discovery might want to have their own idea of what to do with DC properties and everything else. Will the Flash be used to make a completely clean slate? Like, we had thought that maybe it would be a soft reboot, and that's why they've been so gung-ho on getting this Flash movie to work, because they really want to reset them some things, whether you like Snyder or not. This Flash movie is essentially to write out his movies. Yeah. But with Discovery coming in, could they've been wanting to have flash further down so they can go, okay, we want this to kind of wipe the slate clean and we can start fresh from with our own people or start here, start with a clean board so that we can start building in a specific direction as opposed to, is the spaghetti done? I don't know. Throw it against the wall and see if it sticks or not. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's a thing you do I- with spaghetti. Apparently. Yeah, that's that's the saying. So obviously, it must be true. Uh, we are too. We're not old enough to start que- questioning things yet. Um, I yeah. This the the only thing I can think of would be to because of this discovery merger. Maybe they. Uh, maybe somebody somewhere was like, "Hey, man, you know, it'd be cool as if we threw a teaser at the end of Shazam of Black Adam to get that connection rolling." Hey. Could, guys you know maybe having your world ending event happen before a movie that is supposed to happen before the world ending event maybe you should switch that i don't know i definitely think that this is uh the the merger related i agree with you on that i don't see uh how it couldn't be with that being said though i don't hate i don't hate a lot of this um Shazam moving forward, I'm down with. League of Super Pets, you, you and I have been clear. Like this is it. We're not really the target audience at all. No, it's so the same it, people that fine. watch Secret Life of Pets, basically. Yeah, it's it's fine. Do do your thing, big boy. Um, I think the rearranging of of Black Adam, Aquaman, and Flash, fine, sure. I don't think it will end up being that big of a deal. Uh, I think them poising to do a hard reset on through flash i I don't know how i feel about that just because it doesn't make sense to me to spend all this time and money with your audience of getting us to like these uh, some of these characters outside of the snyder verse and then just to go and change everything up again uh granted that'd be very much a thing that dc would do especially in their comics but like it just doesn't make sense in movie form, and I, I I hope that that's not what they end up doing. But it, you know, time will tell. Um, it's interesting to me with Flash happening, and this is kind of a stretch on my part over here, but with Flash happening after Aquaman, there lies an opportunity to perhaps eliminate or recast. Mera 
Um, Flash is after Aquaman. I so, know. so she's know. still in Aquaman too. I, no, no, no. They've wrapped filming. Future, she was in it. Oh, oh, you for, mean for after the second projects. one? Yeah. Yes, for for after after so after the the events of of the Flash. Just don't be one of those people that be like recast her with Amelia Clark and going. Yeah, I'm, there's I'm, other see, actresses okay. besides what you see on Game of Thrones. No, there's not. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, there's that opportunity, especially with the case actually being officially announced this past week. So it, it there's that opportunity to kind of right some wrongs going in the future. So uh, who knows? Uh, the merger from Discovery and 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 uh, Warner will be interesting, and in what we'll talk about here in a bit. Has some pretty substantial uh, consequences. Consequences. So also, nah. because I can never lose hope ever. You think <laughs> maybe? So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Is there any way, just maybe, that they've delayed both Black Adam and the Flash to see if uh, Henry Cavill's schedule opens up? in the meantime because he's been busy lately but i don't know what future projects he's got and i refuse to let it die henry cavill <laughs> will be back i bet you anything discovery will not have as much reservations about bringing henry cavill back as yeah. current administration does but also there's something that they talked that they did not mention and it's because it's not a theatrical release not yet at least and that's batgirl that's the biggest question mark for me right now and you'll be like well why Batgirl is clearly set post The Flash. Like it's not a spoiler, mm -hmm. but we know Michael Keaton is the Batman of the Flat of Batgirl, along with J.K. Simmons back as Gordon. So this is clearly set post The Flash, or else I'm gonna be real confused. Uh, so that's more than likely getting delayed till next year because it's it's set at Christmas time. So if they're smart, well. Not necessarily because we talked about the Shazam thing. I was thinking it'd be this December, but maybe it moves to next December. Which normally delays would not bother me. <laughs> but if those rumors of Robin being in the background movie happen, and we get confirmation of that being ha happening in the background movie, and only to find out the movie gets delayed, there will be angry riots of one person <laughs> in the street. <laughs> One guy going, you made the wrong you made the wrong choice. It's not old man shouting at clouds. It's delusional Robin fan <laughs> shouting at clouds going, we were so close. We had it cast this time. But this won't be the last time we talk about Robin today, obviously. Um, obviously. But that's a perfect <laughs> dovetail that Josh brought up. So we'll continue the HBO Max uh discovery warner merger talk with what they're gonna be doing with the future of their apps because for a while there, there's this big discussion of are we gonna have them as two separate apps are we they gonna merge into one mega app which is what i've been saying forever now and <laughs> broken right. clock is right broken clock is right twice a day i was right y'all however <laughs> However, Discovery once again proves that they are the smartest guys in the room. Um, when they more or less said that they were going to merge these into one big app, they said from the get-go, 
This will not happen immediately when this acquisition happens. For a while, we will be working on a bundle system of how you can bundle HBO Max and Discovery nice. together until we figure out how to get this new app up and running. I'm going, that's just smart. Don't rush out an app, HBO Max. Um, DC Unlimited, when that first launched, don't just rush out an app because you need an app for all your content. This is smart. Bundle them as an option for people and then eventually introduce your new app, Discover HBO. That's probably what I would call it. It's better than anything else because you probably need to keep your HBO branding. But more than anything, whenever you launch this new mega app, drop all your other apps. The biggest hindrance to HBO Max was not getting rid of the other HBO content. You still had regular HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now. Cut all that other crap out. Make it one app. Send it all there. Disney's probably about to do the same thing with Disney Plus and Hulu. Send it all there. Mm -hmm. Same thing here. I I don't mind HBO Max, but there's a lot of room for improvement. Me, being the snobby cinephile that I am, have screamed to high heaven from day one, where the heck is all of your 4K content, HBO Max? Like, you have this vast catalog of movies that you actually have already released on 4K, but you don't put them on your service. Discovery Plus, a, a streaming platform with non-scripted content and nature documentaries, has more 4K content than HBO Max. They're like, y'all like HD? I, I would like more 4K content. I would like premium audio pr platforms when you available like Disney Plus. Their new content is 4K Dolby Atmos just off the bat. You don't have to question that. Whereas I would love to watch Peacemaker in 4K. Why was that not an option at all? Or when HBO Max absorbed DC Universe and Young Justice and Titans and all that other all those other shows came to HBO, 4K shows on that DC app. But when it comes to the big app, gets relegated to HD. I don't understand it. I also would like it to be a faster app. HBO Max can be a bit buggy at times. At I, times. Well, at times. Depends oh, on what dude. app you're. Depends on what app you're watching it on. Like the one that yeah, I have on the fair. TV is not bad, but when I watch it on the PS5, it genuinely looks like I'm watching it on DVD quality. It looks so bad. Uh, you fix your bitrate and everything else. Your video quality is not the best on HBO Max. Again, Discovery Plus gets it right for some reason. Like, their app, honestly, is, it swings above its weight class. Um, what else do you hope to see in a merged mega app, Josh? Probably the first of its kind, if it's going to be merged into something yeah. this big. It, it, especially something this big, I think. Uh, I'm dubbing it um, Discovery Max Plus. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're just gonna be HBO all, Discovery around. Max Plus the app <laughs> Go now. <laughs> That's the full name. Um, Hagrid's Magical Plus. Creatures Motorbike Adventure. <laughs> HBO Plus. No, hate it. Um, no, mm, mm, no, 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 no. No. Uh, but it. Peacock. They really do. Discover Peacock Max. What will be interesting is if they. How do I say this? Uh, what will be interesting is if you have to 
cancel subscription to like say if you have i don't have this problem because i borrow somebody else's <clears throat> hbo max but what would be interesting is if they make it so you have to cancel your subscription to hbo max to then subscribe to the new app or if they're just going to go ahead and give everybody that option like hey do you want to renew and just get transferred into this new app like to me that's smart because you have a ton of current customers so just transfer them all the all in because especially if you're going to do this big mega app and again we appreciate that they're taking their time and having a bundle would be really cool as a someone who loves documentaries having access to discovery plus would be pretty cool i'm not gonna lie to you um, house hunters <laughs> say less heather dude, say less <laughs> heather and i basically just watched discovery plus for uh triple d and house hunters and that's all we really need it for and it's so wonderful that it's there like heather will just put on house hunters don't even need to pick an episode just put it on and just leave oh, it for, for like days and it's totally fine with us house hunters is wonderful uh however it is I hope they don't fully ditch the bundle idea. And what I mean by that is I've thought about re-upping my DC Infinite. That's, or is it, D yeah, it's DC Infinite is what the DC Comics app got turned into. It was DC Universe, which is where you had your animated shows. You had some movies. That's where Harley Quinn started off, but also had like tens of thousands of comics. I dropped that when it moved to HBO Max because... Uh, Young Justice, Titans, and everything else was there, and I didn't wasn't reading comics as much. I would like it if there was a bundle option of like, hey, HBO Max right now is fifteen bucks for twenty dollars, which will be like let's just say that's the new price. It includes HBO Max and Discovery, all that. But with that twenty dollars, you also get DC Infinite for free, like with Prime getting Prime Video, but also. Mm -hmm. Don't you get um, like Audible or something with Prime, or no, that's an option? You don't, unfortunately, oh shocker, because Amazon. But yeah. like tie in that. I know a lot of people wouldn't do use that app, but it would be nice because it's already under one roof. Maybe get more people on that. Like I don't, I don't know. I would like that to be bundled because Disney Plus is already bundled with Hulu and ESPN. That's a smart idea. Do that with the other things that you already own here. What you want more people to read comics or something? Ugh, what a what a terrible person! How <sighs> dare you? How where do you get off trying to 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 to, to be terrible to the today's youth and infect their minds with comic books? Ugh. Yeah, and not just a whole was, bunch of people pretending that they've read comic books their whole life before the next comic book movie comes out, so they can pretend to be experts. I mean, I'm obviously I'm an expert on every comic book. Just yes, I know me. who Shumagorath is. I've always known yeah, who yeah. Shumagorath is. <laughs> He's that dude that did that thing, you know? That dude that did that thing. I've always you, loved you Doctor know. Strange. And obviously, I'm like calling out just nerd culture in general, but I'm also absolutely calling us out. Like I've, I've, oh yeah, I've we totally phoned. <laughs> I've totally phoned it being an expert. I mean, like, but like, and part of that's like. You know, being having a podcast, being on a podcast is like you have to pretend at some point that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> hey, man, when it comes to Nightwing, we do. I do know Dick. <laughs> well, I know Dick about Dick, so. <laughs> <laughs> what we do know a lot about, well, kind of a lot, 
It's Deadpool. Not as much as Ryan Reynolds, who's becoming like the savior and the... I don't know, the, the the icon that is Deadpool. I feel like Ryan Reynolds has just become synonymous with the character. He's almost like become more famous than the character himself. But now mm-hmm. we have updates on Deadpool 3 at long last. Because it seems like for a while that we were stuck in limbo of whether or not we were getting Deadpool 3 with the whole Disney yeah. acquisition of Fox and everything. But we are getting Deadpool 3 and we getting Sean Levy to direct it. <laughs> Hallelujah! I've praised Sean Levy for the longest time, but I'm happy to see him getting like this, like the mainstream getting a hold of him. They're just like, wow, Free Guy was great. Wow, The Adam Project was great. Where'd this guy come from? Like, did did y'all not see Real Steel? Yeah. Josh and I have been singing the praises of Real Steel forever now because he's great. I love Sean Levy. The only question is, I don't believe he's ever done any r-rated content before which is here's where i'm gonna make some people pissed maybe that's why ryan reynolds hired this guy to begin with because deadpool isn't gonna be rated r anymore i know they've said he'll be he'll still be rated r but i'm like ever since we were in college and they announced that deadpool was coming i've said you could do a pg-13 deadpool and i know people are like well uh the deadpool christmas thing for deadpool 2 didn't work i'm going that's because you tried to fit a circular R-rated movie into a square peg, basically. Like a circular peg, peg into a... S- peg. Yeah, that... Mm, wrong word for Deadpool. <laughs> wrong word for Deadpool. But you can't force that mold into something that it doesn't fit for. Yeah. Um, I I like this. I don't know if it'll go PG-13 or R with it. I don't care because I trust the people making it. Here's where it gets... Here's where it gets a little tinfoil hatty, but I, I'm not going to do it with these headphones on. Sean Levy has now worked twice with Ryan Reynolds on Free Guy and The Atom Project, now Deadpool 3. You know who he else who else he's worked with before? Hugest Jackman. Could we? Stop. Could stop. we? No, no, could we? stop, stop. Sean Levy's already teasing. He's like, if anybody's going to do this. I'm going to make sure someday I get Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds in a movie together. And I'm going, please, please. I I, I, I want, I, I, I need, I don't think Hugh Jackman's going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Secret Wars, that's a discussion for another day. I, if anything, how great would it be if we have Deadpool 3 and Hugh Jackman plays Hugh Jackman. Like, Deadpool kills but, Hugh Jackman. But, 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 I, but. I've broken him. I just, I like, the, the implications of that are like, are huge. Because, like, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds are actually good friends in real life. So it's like, how. Like, hey, you kind of look like my best friend. Yeah, I get that all the time. Like, you kind of look like a dick. I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't, I don't My brain couldn't handle it, honestly. I don't, I don't know. And then Deadpool, then Deadpool could look straight down the camera. It's like, wow. It's almost like this couldn't happen without a merger or two. Wink. I hate you. I, hate you. <laughs> I, I think I'd be more okay with it 
if they did that, but if they, because if they tried to bring Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, I would, I think a part of me would have issue. I, th- I would think. No, it. you'd freak out like the rest of us, and you know it. Nah, nah. The only way, way I'd freak out is if they announced Tom Hardy b- being cast as Wolverine. Or Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> dang it! Do you see? Let's he's, go, Daniel. He has seen those fan casts. Someone asked him on the red carpet for the Lost City. They're like, "Have you seen the fan cast? Oh, about Wolverine? Yeah, I've seen those. It's fun, but I'm flattered. <laughs> like he already knew where the question was going, and I'm like, "It's because you're gonna be perfect one day as Wolverine. Mark, mark my words. He's gonna be Wolverine. I, see, I, I would love to have him. You know." I, I, he doesn't even have, have to be blonde. I would love Daniel Radcliffe as like Constantine or something. Oh, yeah. Like I don't even care if he, if they make him blonde. Like he's just he's perfect. Oh, I care. He's unassuming. He's 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 unassuming. He's charismatic. He's unassuming. Hilarious. Because he's short. Constantine's not short scrawny. though. Constantine's not short. Good. Wolverine's not tall. Yeah, but that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, but Dana Radcliffe's not unassuming. He's like jacked up on Mountain Dew at all times. Uh, I mean, that's that's fair. He's skinny. He's skinny I still thing, yeah. think we will get Hugh Jackman at least one more time because it seems like for the past few years, ever since Endgame, Kevin Feige has very much been about fan service first. Like, as long as it still fits the yeah. story, but fan service first. If there's one thing that comic book sweaties, us included, have wanted since day one when it comes to comic book movies, more than Captain America lifting Mjolnir, um, more than a good Superman movie. Still waiting on that one, by the way. It's Hugh Jackman in the actual Wolverine costume. Just once. We've been teased with it so many times. We got this close with the Wolverine extended cut. I would not be surprised if that is like if Kevin Feige has a Marvel bucket list, if that's at the top of his list of we don't need you for a whole movie. We just want you to, in the costume just once for this one quick thing and everyone will freak out because like people freaked out with Andrew and Toby coming back. And I, I think people freaked out more for Andrew Garfield just because thinking about it, he was the Spider-Man that showed up first. And so people were like, oh, yeah. if he's in it. Then the other guy's in it too, the cool yeah. youth pastor. But <laughs> I, I love that line so much. It's, I love it's, that line. it's so accurate. It hurts. But people freaked out with that. If someday, even if it's in Deadpool 3, we get Hugh Jackman in a Wolverine costume, oh, print money. It'll be a, it's the funniest way I can see this happening is uh let's and i have to like really stretch for this um oh speaking of stretch see. fantastic four fantastic four confirmed stop no 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 john john, john krasinski has, has john krasinski oh, has four clean pants in his house four fantastic four confirmed <laughs> confirmed confirmed uh let's have deadpool run through la and he like busts through a studio and it's hugh jackman getting like fitted for that suit it has it kind of on and he's like no i will never wear this i'll never wear it on screen and turns and like as he goes th- as deadpool busts in but he's as he's saying it, he turns and looks straight into the camera and goes i will never wear this on screen and it just has like this awkward moment and he's like you look good and then runs like that's the only moment that we have with it 
I've got a so much worse idea. And by worse, <laughs> I mean idea. better. That's a great idea. <laughs> no, no, no. By worse, I mean better. So we know we're getting Doctor Strange, which could open up the multiverse. And that could potentially bring in Deadpool. Well, with a whole bunch of multiverses around, you think maybe some of those universes could be uh, brutally killed off? Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe? And that's Deadpool 3? I I don't hate that idea. Um, I really don't either hate that, that idea. Either that, or make a Deadpool kills the MCU animated series like Harley Quinn with Ryan Reynolds voicing Deadpool. Oh my <laughs> god! Just going, hey Cap, <laughs> you are America's. That <laughs> just chops his head goes hey look since it's animated i didn't have to pay chris evans likeness (laughs) and like oh dude there's so much you could do that would do with that and now because like punisher and all of them are over in our marvel studios now like you can have them hit like deadpool steal the punisher's weapons all over again and ah there's so much you could do it'd be so funny Uh, why is that what i want now come on Dang it. You're welcome. As per usual, this episode is sponsored by T Public, your one-stop shop for all things Uncharted Media related, whether it's magnets, shirts, hoodies, um, t-shirts, stickers, whatever you want with the Uncharted Media logo or other fantastic designs there. Go check it out, support the show, and as always, thanks for listening and supporting the show any way you do. Now, let's talk Batman, shall we? Now that Josh and I have seen it, you hopefully have seen it if you're listening to this. It's been out long enough. So once again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, because we'll be going in depth for what we think is the future of this Reeves verse, so to speak, uh, because Matt Reeves and company have been very vocal about what they would like to see for future movies, while mm-hmm. also not confirming that a sequel's coming. It hasn't been officially greenlit yet. I mean, it's it's going to happen. It's destroying at the box office but it actually technically hasn't been announced yet i'm surprised by that normally warner brothers likes to put the cart before the horse um but thankfully we don't just have to like have speculation as to what we think the future could hold for these batman movies this one batman movie alone set up so many easter eggs and breadcrumbs that whether these things actually come to fruition one day or not they're at least on the table and within the realm of possibility. So let's kind of start with the things that are confirmed based off of the events of the movie. So, again, your final spoiler alert here. Gotham sucks. Gotham is like <laughs> the last of us right now. It's just a watery yeah. wasteland, which could very, very easily open the door for the sequel to follow along the lines of the No Man's Land storyline, in which case an earthquake rattles Gotham and kind of splits the city into different chunks, which get grabbed up by different criminals, and it becomes a turf war, and basically the entire Bat family has to come in to more or less get Gotham under control. So you get, like, Penguin controlling a part, Two-Face controlling a part, Riddler controlling a part, so there's basically gang wars in the streets. I could see a No Man's Land adaptation because that's not typically a story 
that's been adapted so far in live action form. Nine times out of ten, when a director's like, I've got this fresh new take on Batman. Oh, so you're which one are you adopting? Year one or the Dark Knight Returns? Because it's it's one of those mm-hmm. two, isn't it? You think you're creative, but you're not. Which is why I got so excited when Matt Reeves was just like, yeah, we're going to adopt Batman Ego. We've got a little bit of hush in our story. We've got Long Halloween. A little bit. (laughs) There's not that much hush in this. Which I don't know. Okay, Josh, (laughs) do you want to talk about hush? Because I have hush here in our notes, obviously. I mean, obviously, like, it's hard because, like, the the movie is very, very good about not coming out and just saying things directly so that if if they want to walk back certain things alluded to, they can, because they didn't allude to it too hard. But um, the reporter's name being Elliot, last name being Elliot, it's a little like, uh, it's pretty obvious. Like, I mm, I don't know. Like, so- it, it, And then Hush also, showing up on screen, then the, yeah, the word like, Hush. There's no, yeah, you can't quiet that. Like, come on, man. The, the thing that has, the, the only reason I'm not like, yeah, this is a hush movie was because they they never ever confirm who the riddle Riddler is to the reporter unless I missed it. but then at no point to, to my memory at least, do, are they like, no, like this is the 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 reporter's son or this is they never really give I've, I've only seen it once, obviously, but they never give the riddler's true identity outside of i'm the riddler what what do you what do you mean or what do you mean like like the we don't know who the riddler is to the reporter or is he the reporter the reporter that had like that got killed that that um the maloney Maloney? falcone's um killed falcone killed the the reporter that was going to release the the stuff yes thomas i think riddler was his son no, was but somehow yeah, con- that's what I'm, I'm trying, trying to remember. Like, that would, that you're would be you're my confusing assumption. me now. I'm so confused. No, that would that would be my assumption. No, the the son I, I is out there. The son is out there with no connection yes. to Riddler. No connection to Riddler. That we know. See, it was my but see my if he's if anything he's not coming for Riddler because Riddler if anything just brought his father's evidence to light more than anything. Like yeah, Riddler the, is the one if, that sparked the fuse, so to speak. If riddler is his son that's the it's not but they it's not he's an orphan yes which oh thank god that this movie didn't make riddler and batman half brothers i was worried about that when this was coming out i was like oh god please don't do the the what they almost did in joker please please don't make them half brothers like yeah there's a lot of stuff they do in here that's actually very like very very smart but um what what all about like sorry i didn't mean to cut you off or oh no you're fine what all like what all did you want to dive into as far as hush there's a lot of let's see there's a lot of villains to talk about that that, Mm -hmm. this movie sets up so many villains as well as matt reeves and robert pattinson talk about uh villains that they would like to see also Nicholas Cage talking about the Batman and what roles he wants to be in. Um, we'll just talk about that briefly because I don't think there's any actual <laughs> basis to this. But Nicholas Cage, oh bless Nicholas Cage, the wonderful man that he is. He's like, if I was ever in a Batman movie, I would love to be Egghead. And I, I'm not joking. The act, the Nicholas Cage voice is terrible. I know. But he has actually said in interviews, if ever he was to be a Batman villain, he would want to be Vincent Price's egghead 
from the 60s TV show, and I'm going... But why? But why? I, I can I can see, but like, see, I can. Totally Is he a former see... cop that turned a little hard boiled? <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Um, he didn't see the sunny side up. To me though, is they do set the movie sets up like the uh, it sets up a lot of characters that can just kind of come on in. Like the DA's gone, the mayor's gone, the like. So you have a bunch of people that can just come right in. So hey, we need a do new DA in Gotham. Um, there's this guy Harvey who wants to come in and be the new DA and, and like really clean up the city. Like. Perfect, gorgeous, yep. love it. Um, Sappy said Gordon that. I, is... I counted. There's seven yeah. villains that this movie sets up that they could use someday, and I'm glad. I didn't know if you would bring up Two Face or not, but yeah, I think a lot of people are talking about some other people that we'll talk about later. One that's blatantly set up, but Two Face is subtly set up because Gil Coulson mm-hmm. is the guy that probably has the coolest death besides, you know. The rat trap death. Jesus. Um, but Gil Coulson is the DA, and now we don't have a DA. So does that open the door for mm-hmm. a Nicholas Holt or a Oscar Isaac to come in as Two-Face or Harvey Dent some way down the line? I yeah. kind of hope, if so, not for a while. I want villains yeah. that we haven't gotten before or haven't at least gotten good versions of like i was okay with riddler just because one that's what i pitched all those years ago way back on the podcast (laughs) but two say what you want jim carrey's riddler sucks i'm sorry i don't like it at all and so i was hoping for a new version catwoman and i'm a little played out with catwoman but not to the extent that i am with joker so i was fine with her yeah. being in this penguin's not really a factor in this not as much as we'll talk about later not as I much am... as not as much as he will be um the... but like there's other batman villains that i would like to get their shine more than yeah. than two-face again because we just had a well just 16 years ago we had a good <laughs> yeah 16 years ago we had a good two-face with aaron eckhart like we've had a good one we need some other good Batman villains in the fray, too. Yeah. I, I I can totally see, like, a Mr. Freeze existing in this world. And in uh, this Pattinson interacting with him in a very emotionally depth way. Um, it's crazy to me that something that I think the movie does very well, and this is also a tribute to Robert Pattinson's acting, um, especially in the suit, when... Pattinson, when Batman sees that the kid whose dad just died, like right then, he's the one that found them too. And like, just stares at him for a while. Like, if you don't know much about Batman, first of all, like, I do feel like you'd be kind of lost in this movie a little bit. But like, at the same time, you're like, oh, like you feel for some stupid reason, you feel like batman going through all of that range of emotions all over again and i just there's so much so much good stuff uh but yeah um first of all there i'm still not convinced that that's colin there's no way that that's right I, I can't i can't see it there's no way um i love that that even though we saw the scene in the trailer where he's like i got you that it still hits hard in the movie um 
Oh Penguin's God! Penguin's gonna be really, really cool. Which quick side tangent? Can we talk about how I don't know how it was in your theater, but how cool it was when the Batmobile starts up for the first time? Like I'm not a car person, but I got goosebumps when that engine revved for the rest. I'm going, oh! And the words of the Joker. Now there's a Batman. Like Dude, that's a car. Oh, that was so cool. I mean, and something I think I needed to say. But that before we kind of like really really get into all the all the villains but the movie does a good job of being like you you said to me like a just an extended episode of csi there's no moment where we get this like hey look at all my toys kind of scene where so then when he just breaks out i don't know a squirrel suit you're like oh this is so cool or like hey look i can i got a, a gatling gun that i can swing from like oh cool like there's just so much stuff that he has but at no point do they go hi just look at look i have all my stuff on display right here look at it see you say see? that but maybe someday i would love to see the giant t-rex and the giant penny in a bat cave somewhere Ooh, because i need that why? I know, but like because that's, it's dumb. That's different. It's dumb like and it's fun. I'm, I'm, I think about the scene um, in Dark Knight when it, he, they, they pan and he's just got all his stuff just like all over. Like, look, there's my my. Look at this and stuff. Isn't my, it neat? Wouldn't you think my bat yeah, collection's exactly. complete? It, but Because like, like when you do that sort of thing, it does like be like, okay, well, he's going to end up using that. He's going to use that. He's going to use, like, you start problem, problem solving in the movie. And, and like, I love that in this movie, uh, he, you don't really get that option because they just kind of like, yeah, this is a thing he can do. Um, tell me before we dive, I keep saying this, but before we get into the villains more, tell me that he's not going to have to eventually be like, man, there's just too much eyes, like stuff I have to put on into this eye technology. I might as well just put lenses on my mask. Like, tell me that that's not going to be a thing. See, I would love to see the white eyes, but someone brought up a really good point of Robert Pattinson does so much eye acting in this that to put yeah. lenses on would make it a little complicated as much as I would love to see white eyes in a blue suit. Blue suit may happen someday. White eyes. I want it but I don't know if it will ever get it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll start breaking down the villains and the story direction that we think we can get, as well as some other characters that we think will show up. But before we get into that, let's talk about some aspects of Batman that we got in this, and what do we think we can get in the future? Because leading up to the Batman, the thing you and I have wanted for a really long time was a detective story. And we really, really got that with this. Uh, I've seen it twice now, and I I love it more on a rewatch because, it, like a good mystery, you get the pieces. When you know the whole picture, you can see the pieces along the way a lot faster, like the, mm. the tool that Riddler specifically used, which Riddler's introduction, good lord. Um, also, quick, another quick side tangent, because, of course, any good story revolves around a whole bunch of side tangents. Did you catch that when he abducts Gil Coulson, they basically just ripped that scene right from the original Halloween with the yeah. fogged up windshield, him popping up from the back oh, and choking dude. him out, head bonking the steering wheel going, that's, that's Halloween. I'm not mad well, at I it, also, but it's Halloween. I was like, 
Dude, if we were actually seeing this, this movie would be R. Like, you can't even like that. We oh, both yeah. know they blurred that whole thing so they 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 could get away with the PG thirteen. Because now, after seeing it, I completely agree with you. This should have been a like a soft, a quote unquote soft R. Yes. Like, God. Geez, so oh. this was this was actually like a CSI detective story of Batman. Yeah. Not just using his brain to solve a mystery, but being the smartest guy in the room every single time. I love that the riddles never took him more than five seconds to figure out. The ciphers, yeah. okay, that's an actual cipher, but like the riddles, everyone else couldn't figure it out, but he could. I love that. What other character elements do Batman do you think we haven't gotten or have been underutilized so far that you'd like to see? I know for you probably, and for me as, I guess, I could use more of the martial arts side of it. Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely got that in this. Of He absolutely has more range of motion that he's had compared to any other Batman. Like, Keaton had, like, two moves. Block and kick. Because the suit wouldn't let him. But then he had, like, the Dark Knight suit and the Affleck suit that let him move a little bit more. This, I think, had some of the best combat when we did actually get it it felt very arkham at times so i could yeah. use a little more of the actual like hand-to-hand -hand combat show batman being the great tactician when it comes to combat uh is there any other batman stuff that you'd like to see that we haven't gotten so far come the sequels um no i'm kind of on the same plane as you i i think i i want to to continue this this detectiveness and this uh, being the smartest guy in the room at all times, but I I appreciate the thing I think I, I like the most about the combat, as little as there is, is that at no point are you sitting there going, well, why is it that, why is that guy just sitting there? Why doesn't he jump in? Because like Batman gets ganged up on quite often, uh, and he will be busy fighting somebody and get shot in the side of the head. Uh, like it's just like the the combat was so realistic and and it made sense and i love that at no point were they like well see i can get shot in the head and in the side of the head because of this like i appreciated that um i think what i'm hoping and what i look i'm looking forward to is when those fights now happen in a museum lobby and he has a lot of ground to cover so gadget inner um like integration into the into the because he does that a little bit when he shoots his gatling his uh like his gatling gun through I think, through somebody's leg I yeah that. towards the end and he like dangles them like he uses their yeah, weight to like, pull himself up i'm like oh. oh i love i was like i popped hard for that that was dude cool. that combined um, with the music of like the dun 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 you're like that's the freaking batman that that this, this batman <laughs> This Batman, your um, kneecaps are about to go the other way. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I would definitely love to see more of that. Um, the only th gadget that he uses that I would have liked an explanation of, just because it's a little vague based on color, is that, quote unquote, adrenaline shot towards the end. All um, right. Let's, yeah, let's talk villains let's now. We'll start with that. It. Yeah, because to me... If you're using color to tell story, which this movie does very well, um, traditionally in the Batman lore, I God, I sound like a nerd and I, like a total neckbeard, and I just want to hate hit myself. But lift up, lift up that neck Venom, a little bit. 
no. I haven't shaved my neck in like a couple weeks, so I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, the that is green, and I, as much as I want to be, it's some. I think you were like, I'm pretty sure it's just adrenaline, but I was like, I. But it's green. <laughs> Neon green it's too. Like, there's no way that that's not going to rise, like, make the rise of of of, of Bane. Um, yeah. So. So I'm still under the impression that it's adrenaline. However, I'm not going to be like steadfast of like that was adrenaline. If you think it's venom, you're an idiot. Like, I could absolutely see why Josh and a lot of other people think that that's venom. I think it's a case of, I think Matt Reeves intentionally put it there, but not to set up Bane. I think it's a, if we want to use Bane, here's how we can do it. If we don't, then it could be adrenaline type of thing of like, it's Schrodinger's Venom. It's both Venom and it's both adrenaline. Like, it's a Venoline. Um, But... No, like it could be, um, <laughs> but also at the same time, it doesn't have to be. However, yeah, no, we can talk about then we can talk about Bane here. Bane's been done twice, and I have issues with both of them. Obviously, Tom Hardy's is better, but in terms of actually representing Bane, neither of them, Batman and Robin or Dark Knight Rises, particularly. Yeah do the character justice because Bane is just as smart as Batman and he was only able to beat Batman by wearing him down physically and mentally. Like he made Batman sick by working him to death for months on end by freeing up all the inmates from Arkham before eventually breaking him. Like he had lieutenants with Trog, Zombie, and Bird basically to like be the fall guys for Batman first. Be fall guys for him first like bane is super smart but also i know people talk about mr freeze and we'll talk about mr freeze here um bane also has kind of a tragic story and not just a oh this girl i love doesn't love me back i got friend zoned no that's stupid it's like actually he does get thrown in prison for crimes his father committed and basically grew up mm-hmm. in prison but also he's a harsh reality to the um signs of addiction like he genuinely can't go without venom like there's been storylines where he doesn't have venom and he's he's much like a heroin addict basically uh and so seeing that could be really really interesting with a character of having someone that's already built but then once the venom comes in oh they're all jacked up on mountain dew (laughs) it's the right color too actually um yeah so they're all ma- I'm all jacked up on Mountain Venom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so, I think Bane could be fun if done properly, but again, it comes into that Matt Reeves wants to do more grounded and real. How do you make it grounded and real without going full Christopher Nolan, Tom Hardy, which made it a little too real? I think. Yeah, I agree. I and because that was going to be my next question of like, so if you do Bane. And you've kind of established, if that is Venom, what it does. It makes you more aggressive, makes you stronger, uh, makes you kind of somewhat impervious to pain. Um, if that's the case, what do, do, does Bane grow when he injects himself? Does Bane get bigger? Or is Bane already a mountain? Do, does that mean he's not as... You know, you know I mean? there's all these questions that um, I'm totally fine with having... 
a drug gives somebody certain abilities it's 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 how those abilities are going to manifest themselves and as much as i love the that animated show batman uh the bane in that one is 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 the red one my, yeah where he takes the venom and automatically grows to like an eight foot monster um i don't like that it, it's it's it doesn't make sense the master's distribution doesn't that just doesn't work now what would be interesting is if you know like say he's fighting what he thinks is a what batman thinks is a normal criminal and he goes you know what i'm tired of messing around hits the button and then punches batman so hard he flies through a wall like that to, I, I don't know that to me that that makes more sense but I, I agree there's definitely a line that matt reeves has kind of drawn as far as realism and he albeit he totes it very well in in the in this movie so i do have faith in him but like i it almost makes it so there might be some villains that are going to be out of bounds and as much as i would love mr freeze i think he his are going to be harder to kind of explain I, we'll talk about mr freeze next but to wrap up with bane i think i think the there's always a possibility because in the comics, Bruce Wayne slash Batman dealt with Venom before Bane even came into the picture. Like, yeah. Bruce Wayne was addicted to Venom before Bane even was. If I wanted to change it up and make it a grounded version of Bane, he doesn't get super, super big, but he is like what we see in the Batman of just um, increased speed, uh, aggression, everything else. Maybe... Bane starts as a teenager living on the streets with his mom after the death of his dad for some gang-related activities, so kind of along the lines of what happened in the comics. And maybe, like, the person that killed his dad is coming to kill his mom, and so to protect his family, Bane takes the venom for the first time and basically just kills everybody, including his own mom. Yeah, but because he's done the venom once, he can't stop basically, and so like yeah. it, that's where the tragedy comes in. Of like, I am this monster, but I can't not be the monster. Basically, I think that could really work. Now we bring up Mister Freeze, and we bring up Mister Freeze most importantly because Matt Reeves himself has singled out Mr. Freeze as the person that he would like to do. Now, this is not confirmation at all that Mr. Freeze is in the next movie. I think there's a lot of options for what we could get in the next movie. But in multiple interviews, people have asked, who's the one Batman villain that you would like to, to do someday? And he's like, I would love to, to try my hand at a grounded, realistic version of Mr. Freeze. And honestly, I could see that being the next Batman villain. Because... One, the Batman animated series set such a perfect template for how to do Mr. Freeze, of how to make a, a sympathetic character, of having him basically lose his wife and does, everything he does is to try and save her. However, I also like what Gotham did with Mr. Freeze. So in every continuity that we know with Mr. Freeze, his wife is dying from a terminal illness, and so he freezes her in cryogenic sleep basically to wake her up one day when he eventually has a cure. Gotham flips it on its head, actually, and I would kind of take this approach of he puts her in cryosleep till he can figure out a cure. He actually discovers a cure and figures out the way to save her. But because he himself put her in cryosleep, 
he doesn't have the technology or know how to get her out of it safely. Mm. So, like, picture Han Solo frozen in carbonite. If they didn't have the thing to thaw out Han Solo, how do you get them back? Like, Gotham had this great thing of he would try and try, but every test subject he would try, they would basically melt because he either heated them up too fast or too slowly. I think that would be fantastic of... You're this close to saving your wife. You're this close to bringing her back and undoing something that you helped contribute to. You tried to save your wife, but in doing so, you made the situation much worse. I think that would be fascinating. And that's where the bitterness comes in. Also, I saw some fan casting and I can't get it out of my head. God, I would love Brian Cranston as Mr. Freeze. So, so much. Also, yeah, to get on my soapbox about the smallest of details why on earth does he go by mr freeze he has a doctorate why doesn't he call himself dr freeze like if you've worked all these years to go get yourself to be a doctor (laughs) wouldn't you want to be called that also dr freeze sounds so much cooler hey cooler yeah yeah that was some cold pun there but um the ice age um yeah, the, the, I think having Batman now see uh, – tr- uh, it's hard because they didn't necessarily confirm Riddler's identity either uh, in, in the film. Um, it was, as far as like, – It was definitely Edward Nashton. Yeah, but that's not Elliot. The, 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 the reporter's name was something Elliot. Yeah. Why? Why are you still hung up on this hush thing, man? No, I'm not. I'm saying you. Are, I'm just hush's I'm saying, kid I don't know. is I, I not think, the Riddler. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. But like, I just, I don't know. I don't. I, I, there's a lot of confusing stuff that happens. Um. Anyway, I think. Oh, I was trying to tie the tragedy between if. Yeah, there it is. If Riddler was the reporter's son, I can see the linking the tragedy of like, I've lost my father to, so I've lost somebody that I love um, to unfair consequences and unfair circumstances. And now this is my reaction, which is very much something that happens with Mr. Freeze of like, no, like this is not fair that my wife is dying. Um, This is my solution but tragedy was going to come from that solution. Um, I, just, I, I think that'd be very interesting. And it, it kind of like would dovetail into, into characters like, um, like Two-Face, even having a character who swoops in. I'm like, I'll save that. Never mind. I'll save that for when we get to Two-Face. But like, I think Mr. Freeze is, is a very good ca- candidate for the next one. Also, I was thinking, which is always a dangerous thing. You know why Mr. Freeze would also be a perfect villain for the next one? The Batman starts on Halloween night and ends November 6th, basically a week. And all of Gotham is flooded, covered in water, as winter is right around the corner. Mm. Please tell me it wouldn't be an amazing visual seeing Mr. Freeze freeze the now covered water of Gotham and completely freeze it over basically like it almost looks like a snow globe he makes it's it's too perfect I don't expect the movie to basically pick up right where the other one left off 
But oh, I would love if it just takes place like a month after and Batman's like so tired and run down from the last one of all of a sudden it's cold, it's wintry. And then you can have the blue suit as stealth because the blue suit, I refuse to give that up. Um, <laughs> I but, think the flood is going to be more important than I think we're, we're realizing. Oh, I think it's um, very important. Because I think it's going to shut down a bunch of stuff at Ace, Ace Chemicals. Accidents can happen over there because of it. There's like there's just so much that can that can happen now because of something so quote unquote simple. Well, also the movie. This will tie us to our next character that could be big going forward in the subsequent Batman movies, or more than likely, his spinoff series. Because this movie makes it very clearly in the voiceover by Batman, the city's going to fall apart more or less. It's so people are going to take advantage of that. Well, we see a close-up of Colin Farrell's Penguin. And now that Carmine Falcone is out of the way, Maroney's still alive, I think. He's just in prison. They just went away forever with the drops. <gasps> the drops? I gotta. We got to make sure we talk about the drops. Yes. Because um, I completely forgot about that the first time. But the second time, I was like, oh, make sure to put drops in the notes. So, uh, But getting back to the Penguin, he's not the Penguin Yet, he's still just Oswald Cobblepot. They still just call him Oz. But at, by the end of this movie, it's, we're seeing the seeds being planted for Penguin's rise. And I think with the flooding and everything, he'll start claiming land. He'll start amassing a Peng gang, so to speak. And I, I would love it so much if the flooding and we get Mr. Freeze in the next one and he freezes Penguin's club so the Iceberg Lounge actually has a gigantic iceberg in the middle i would be so down also i thought it was a nice touch that the like secret club underneath the iceberg lounge is the 44 below and i'm going that's a pretty yeah. dope name i like that uh but with the penguins hbo max spinoff series which i'm getting after seeing the batman oh dude yeah. i'm so excited for that um this is clearly the beginning of his story which gets me really really excited i agree like and I just the makeup's so good. There's no way it's Colin. It doesn't sound like him. It doesn't look like him. There's no way. Uh, but he also like the way that his nose is tapered and the way that his mouth is shaped. You can totally understand if somebody called him Penguin because he does kind of his face is kind of shaped, kind of bird like in a lot of ways. Um, I I completely agree. He's gonna start taking land. He's gonna start taking it. Turn into a gang war of so to speak. Um, it'll be interesting if he's not the only bird in play and he discovers that once he starts taking, uh, taking land and stuff like that. I would not mind. There's a little character <laughs> detail that I love that they did in, I think it's Arkham city, uh, mm -hmm. that I would love it if they did in the penguin series of uh, in Arkham city, he doesn't have a monocle. He's got like a smashed um clear coke bottle as a monocle mm -hmm. i would love it like someone smashes glass into his eye and that's his monocle like he doesn't have his monocle yet but like he can't take it out it's just more intimidating um what what bird are you talking about are we getting man bat oh no i was talking about owls oh we will talk about the owls because there's no <laughs> owls this time but i refuse to give up on the owls the, um, so like the hints are definitely there yeah oh, the hints are definitely there i do it makes me think I, we won't get it in the next one 
just because it would be back-to-back movies of everything you thought you knew about Gotham is wrong, Bruce. Um, But I'm glad I remember to bring up the drops because the drops are a really, really subtle storyline thing that could go in a lot of different ways that could be really interesting. So there's a subplot in the movie about like basically people are quote-unquote drug addicts kind of so to speak and they're hooked on these things called drops the movie doesn't really call attention to it but you see like stuff in the background of like stop the drops of like clearly it's like the big drug on the street there's a lot of interesting routes this could go i think it could be maybe a hint to venom i don't Mm -hmm. we talked about that though with the batman more than likely though i think it could be one of two things it could set the stage maybe for like an early version of Scarecrow's stuff instead of it being fear gas. It's oh, a drug that's ingested and it could be a mild mm. since they already said it's kind of like a mild hallucinogen like LSD type. Maybe it's an early version of the Scarecrow toxin or what I would be more interested in is if it's an early version of something for Mad Hatter. Of maybe Mad Hatter. Yes. Maybe Mad Hatter is a drug peddler and Mad Hatter is just his street name pushing drops. Maybe he's just like, Do you want to go down the rabbit hole with me, Alice? And drops drops off drops, basically. I think that's how you could do a really interesting, realistic Mad Hatter, but make him not the main antagonist, but like a street level criminal that could be really interesting. Um Yeah. Oh, because I can still totally see a drug uh, a drug peddler like peddler drug dealer like being thinking he's cool wearing a top hat oh yeah <laughs> like that just that just works for me that works on so many levels and like i know like i've been i've been saying like t- mad hatter could be incredibly interesting um especially if like he takes the hallucinogens uh to the level sometimes in which they take it in the comics in which he's like mind controlling people um it a lot of things to go from there. Uh, I wouldn't. A scarecrow could be interesting. Excuse me. Maybe but again, we just got um, him not too long ago with begins. Yeah, six, six, 16 years. Well, he's in all three, uh, so. Like, yeah, I mean that's fair. But um, at the same time, he could be interesting in that he's maybe he's one of the cooks for drops, and he, he's like a I don't know an ex scientist from Wayne Enterprises or something like that. Um. And so he he's like, you know, I could there's a lot of different applications for this. And I don't understand why we only do through the eyes. We can do aerosol and get something wrong and realizes it gives people terrible hallucinations as opposed to fun ones. So also, while we're talking about minor characters that could be much bigger things, we see a little bit in Arkham Asylum and a big reveal in this movie is that. Martha Wayne was admitted to Arkham Asylum multiple times. What if she was always completely sane and someone had it out for her? Maybe someone that was running the asylum like a Hugo Strange. Maybe I would love to see Hugo Strange. For those that don't know, basically Hugo Strange is one of the smartest Batman villains. He at times runs Arkham Asylum. It kind of depends on who's writing the character, but mm-hmm. single-handedly figured out who Batman was all by himself. Um, great character in the Arkham games. I would not be mad at all if Hugo Strange like runs Arkham Asylum or is the one conducting experiments on the people in it. 
I think Hugo Strange could be cool. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily set that up, but I think you could you could spin it that direction. Uh, we talked yeah. we talked briefly about Two Face, but um, the DA spot is open, man. Um, would you want someone about Robert Pattinson's age or a little older? Um. Oh, okay. Boom. Here we go. Sterling <clears throat> K. Brown. I want somebody older. So, I and this is kind of taking a page out of the Dark Knight, the movie, Dark Knight, that that book. Uh, but we have Batman admitting that you know this whole thing has been about vengeance, and kind of realizing throughout the the stuff about that happens in the movie that vengeance can go both ways it's not it's not this pure thing that is for the good of other people most of the time it's very very selfish so he's going to need a symbol of something that is for the people something like justice uh so maybe have harvey dent come in he is older he's a da he is the da um have and have this internal this is like harvey dent's maybe he's I don't want him too old, like maybe mid to late 40, 40s, but like he's been in the game for a while and he he needs this job really bad. And who, you know, there's a great opportunity here. So why not? Um, so then we see both characters kind of battling with this idea of justice and what it means and uh, have uh, Robert's Robert's Batman looking up to harvey as a symbol of justice and something that he strives to be and so then he once you know harvey eventually goes insane um then he can totally be like okay i have that ideal though that's a conversation alfred can have with him like you have that vision you have that idea idea of justice already um you just put the focus on on the wrong person or something like that something to that effect Hmm. So hush. That's yes. That's. I'm debating if that'll be a thing or not at some point in these movies, because we got some hush references in this. We got yeah. the reporter being yeah. named Elliot. Granted, it's not a doctor this time around, and it was childhood yeah. friends. But we don't know that Bruce didn't have a childhood friend. And we got Hush actually on text, and it's a movie that's a mystery, essentially, just like the Hush storyline is. I think that was, I think at the end of the day, that'll just end up being fan service more than anything. However, I've always loved the character's design, so maybe if we get a character that kind of embodies some of the characteristics, like the trench coat and the the bandages, I think could be really, really cool. Um, I've wanted Hush, I just don't know if we'll get it. Especially considering I think there's going to be a much, much bigger threat that you and I have asked for for a really long time. And it's only gotten more and more steam to the point of, like, if you see any polls of, like, who do you want to be the next Batman villain? Number one on all the lists that I've seen so far, it's the Court of Owls by a wide margin. And it hasn't helped when you get the cast doing one of those, like, wired interviews or just, like... 
stand in a generic background while we all kind of stand around and they at they were asked different questions and someone had a fan theory that like Martha and Thomas were part of the Court of Owls and the court portrayed them. And Robert Pattinson's like, oh, I like that theory. And Paul Dano's like, yeah, that's a good one. We should do that for the sequel, assuming they're not in this one. And Robert Pattinson is like, yeah, I would love to do them in the sequel, man. That'd be great. And I'm going, stop it. You stop <laughs> it. Like, I, it, I think Court of Owls will eventually happen. It's a matter of when, not if, I think, at this point, because looking at how the Batman plays out and the style that the movie is approached mm-hmm. with, it would absolutely make sense to do the Court of Owls. I can fully believe them. It's not so much like a... They're kind of out there as a concept. They're kind of like the Illuminati of Gotham. It only kind of really gets out there when you start introducing the Talon, which... Mm-hmm. I know it's almost sacrilegious to say, but I think if you're doing a Court of Owls storyline for a movie, you don't necessarily need a Talon. God knows if you're a Dick Grayson fan, you don't want Talons anywhere near your movie because they'll ruin your storylines. But I think the Court of Owls could easily just be an entity. They don't have hitmen. They just make things happen. They just make people disappear they make problems go away also i would just love to see a live action version of what the court of owls masks would look like their outfits are so awesome it's just regular Mm -hmm. suits with a blank expressionless owl mask i'm I'm so excited for gotham knights and not just because i can free roam as nightwing but mostly because i can free roam as nightwing and i'm fighting the court of owls (laughs) gotham knights will be interesting to be sure but uh, they definitely sow the seeds for the court in this one um because i don't think you'd have to stretch very far to be like yeah you know all the plans that the that feloni had here where they took over the drop in uh in the feloni no balcony balcony i don't know what I, dave feloni has crossed over to batman <laughs> no 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 issue there his street uh, name is the cowboy <laughs> jeez um but like having that plan to be like you know you know who gave him that plan this person and you know who this person is they're a part of an organization that's been trying to help hold gotham but like see the issue that i've always had with uh the court and especially if you put it in the context of what gotham looks like during this movie um so you have full control of a city yeah so your billions of dollars are going in out. Okay. Why does your city look like absolute garbage? Like everything looks like garbage in this in this city. So it's like I don't quite like if if you're controlling everything, why does it look like trash? Why does why does this why is there so much crime? Why well, is there I so think much, it's, you know what I mean? In which case you could easily just bring it up like a tale of two cities of it's the the rich class and a poor class maybe they're so high up in their perches for lack of a better word um that they don't see the slums basically they're so high and mighty that they're purposely keeping everything else down to keep themselves above it all um i would love it if the it starts with the court offering a position to bruce wayne like not knowing what it is or like he joins this group not realizing that it's the court so to speak or maybe, maybe they know he's batman the whole time because 
there's nothing that happens in the city that the court doesn't know about. Um, I was about to say maybe the Talon killed his parents, but I hate that so much. I hate when yeah, his parents' man. death are premeditated, which I'm glad the movie doesn't confirm that Falcone tried to kill his parents. They kind of walk it back, but I'm still kind of yeah, about how they executed I that. Mean, but like, I can, I can accept like Filoni doing it. Filoni, gosh, I did Jesus, it again. dude, I did it again. Uh, Falcone, I can accept Falcone doing it because that seems like a very much a uh, a, a gang, like a mob, a, a mob move. Um, for some reason, a mafia don <laughs> putting out a hit on Thomas and Martha Wade sits better with me mentally than this Illuminati group sent out their specialized killer to kill <laughs> these two. For some reason, that sits weirder with me. Um, maybe it's because it does. It would kind of take away the street violence of the of the death that kind of should drive uh batman but um let's talk about some of the other things that are set up in this movie that are are that are not the villains because gosh there sure is a lot of those too there, there, there's <laughs> one more villain though you're forgetting oh 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 yeah the one that you were just so happy was in this um again if you made it yeah. this far spoilers i guess if you haven't you know seen this online already the joker's in this whether you want him to be or not um I appreciate that the Matt Reeves has come out and basically said, like, hey, guys, this is a very early version of Joker. Doesn't mean he's going to be in the sequel. We're probably not going to use him for quite a while. Here's my thought, and I have nothing to base this on whatsoever. I have this is just fan theory and speculation. Matt Reeves has said this is 100% my movie that I had full creative control on this. I wouldn't be surprised if that Joker scene was a mandate from Warner Brothers. Like the one and only yeah. scene that they're just like, could you do this? Meaning you're going to do this, right? Like people like the Joker. Like that. It's the only scene that kind of feels out of place that if you told me there's one scene in a movie that was a studio mandate, I'd immediately point the finger at that scene. I Again, this is just speculation on my part. I hope this Joker is different. Obviously, you want that for any Joker, but I I want... The word is going to sound weird, but I want more of the hyena Joker. I want the the practical Joker, the the maniac, not the, the terrorist like um, Heath Ledger was. Like, Heath Ledger embodies the anarchy side of it, um... Jack Nicholson embodied the the mobster side of it. Cesar Romero embodied the, the the goofier, wackier side. And there's been no other live action Jokers whatsoever besides those guys. There's been no other Jokers whatsoever except for this new guy. Um, I don't mind that he's younger because Batman's younger. I'm glad that we didn't truly see what he looked like. I know some people are like, well, he. He looked scarred. He looked like he had a permanent grin. I'm like, how good were your projectors that like I couldn't see that? And I had I saw it in Dolby. Like I, I yeah. think you're just your mind is making up details that weren't that clear. I'm there's room for interpretation for what he could look like. Um, I I hope we don't see him for a while. If anything, maybe he can be in like the HBO Max series, like the Arkham Asylum one could be cool. Um, mm -hmm. I would love it if he's in the Arkham Asylum series. 
and we never see him. He's always behind the wall, and it's just Barry Kiyogi's voice or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe he's weird. I don't know why my mind immediately went here, but maybe it's kind of like Tales from the Crypt, and the Joker's our host. It's just like the different Gotham criminals, their stories, but since it's Joker telling it, you never know if it's accurate or not because that would be yeah joker's best line is always if i had an origin story i'd prefer if it was multiple choice and maybe he's the same way with telling other people's stories of like this is how clayface became who he is is it really though like yeah use i I just want joker to be used differently somehow yeah the thing i did i did like about this is again Anybody who's saying that they saw details on the guy that is Joker is lying. It's it's just their brain is making up stuff. Yeah. There's did you definitely did you torrent a copy and the, put in Premiere yeah. and like tweak the colors? Yeah, because uh, there's definitely scarring up in the forehead, but it looks like somebody smacked him real hard and it's just an open wound or whatever. Oh, he you didn't get a tam. See- he didn't get a tattoo that says damaged on his forehead. No, he didn't. Um. He, you don't even really see that the hair is any color, um, which I appreciate. And I love that the, really the only way that you can tell that it's Joker is because of how he talks and be the, the clown reference and the way that he laughs at the end, which is fine. Um, that being said, didn't hate it. I like that he's already locked away. I find it actually more interesting that he's already locked away. Uh, I don't know. It kind of begs the question, who all has already shown up and Batman's already fought? Condiment King. (laughs) Calendar Man. Kite Man. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Like, it just, it, it definitely, like, and opens up the possibilities a little bit more. And plus, I think something that the Riddler said is like, really like, I don't think I've said this on the pod yet, but like the fact, two things that they do in this movie makes me love this even more. The fact that Catwoman calls Batman out for, for seeming like a rich kid, just kind of taking out his grievances. I was like, all right, okay. Self-aware material. Got it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I love that the Riddler was like, I saw what you could do with some focused and some well, uh, uh, like some some well folk, like pinpointed. Well placed aggression. Yeah, there it is. Uh, and I just fo- thought I could do that too. And I was like, oh, that is like the most simplest way of bit of explaining why crazy, what a crazy for why there's more crazy people coming up because of the appearance of Batman. It's not necessarily because they've never been there, but like they just saw what else somebody else could do. And, but um, back to that scene, I, I, I'm with you. I hope we don't get it, get Joker for a while. I, I not to say that I, I don't like Joker as a character. I find him very interesting, but it's like when, um, when Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 2 pushed all of its villains aside to have a random goblin uh, interaction just because it's, oh, it's goblin and it's Spider-Man. They obviously have to happen. Duh. Uh, I just, like, there's a lot of really interesting characters that I think we can do that doesn't involve Joker. And I'm with you on that. Having him kind of play on the black background would be really interesting. Well, 
maybe like maybe he's like he he's just like a almost a legend in some ways and that's how like the the criminal underground talks about him is he's just like this legendary guy that laughs and kills like do it like do it like gotham knight the animated movie where there's five different Mm. stories this is the joker i know this is the joker i know this one killed my friend this one let me go which one's the joker and that's that's your introduction to joker also thinking each joker has to have his own like signature look like ledger look different than nicholson Nicholson looked different than Cesar Romero. And once again, those are the only live action jokers that have ever existed. There's never been any other jokers. <laughs> I, I want to throw this out there, but this would immediately make this movie rated R. What if we got the new 52 version of the Joker where he cuts his own face off and puts it on as a mask? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, that would, uh, that's R rated right there sense. though. Um, a part of me wouldn't, and this is biased completely, but a part of me wouldn't mind meeting somewhere in between that and the one from the animated show Batman, where he like he wears a, a straight jacket, he has like crazy dreads and crazy hair. Like I, there, there's got to be an interesting middle ground that's not the suave guy in the purple suit. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for villains. But like Josh is saying, there's other things that are set up and other characters. Robin's going to be in the sequel, dang it! <laughs> Robin's going to be in the sequel. Mark no my way. words, he's going to be in the sequel. There's Nate, too but... many breadcrumbs to ignore. And I'm going to go full <laughs> on Alex Jones here. There's too many clues here, and he let them on purpose, and there's too many thematic elements to ignore, and there's too many Easter eggs to Robin not being the sequel, dang it! He wasn't in this one, but he's gonna be in the second one. But, but how are they gonna get us, uh, get a, get a, get a circus into town with all that water? You don't, mm. It's on a cruise ship. It's a cruise <laughs> ship circus that exists. Or time, uh, wait, or, you know, just time gap. Fast forward a year or so, maybe. Okay, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, and before y'all think I'm just crazy, because I already, I know that already, and I'm just so desperate to see Robin. This movie actually has a lot of Robin. It does. It lays the breadcrumbs. So first of all, I didn't really pick up on this the first time I watched, but heavily noticed it the second time around this movie really relies on the theme of orphans and the the theme yes. of circumstance so like you have batman lost his parents but ends up with a pretty decent life because of his wealth you had riddler grew up as an orphan was the exact mirror opposite but even then you get the mayor's son who is now without a father which no people that's not going to be Robin. It's just there for thematic resonance. Like Bruce going, oh, this kid has lost his parents. I need to go track him down. I think that's going to stick in Batman's mind for a while. Seeing, oh, that's tragic that this kid lost his dad. I need to, I need to catch this criminal. But also, Maybe I'm crazy, but I think having Riddler be an orphan also sets the stage for Robin because Batman seeing, oh, wow, this character, this person grew up in a broken home, um, grew up 
and a crappy orphanage grew to resent the world and not feel seen or grew up angry and bitter. So if Dick Grayson comes along and his parents die, Batman could see this kid and go, I need to undo a mistake that was the Riddler. I need to make sure that this kid doesn't go down the same path of bitterness and anger because it's been said, and I completely agree, the greatest success Batman ever had was Dick Grayson. Uh, it's a kid that actually did outgrow his trauma. Um, we talked about things that we have not seen yet from Batman that we want to see someday. And there's a specific thing that I left out. And that was Batman being a father figure. Not just a mentor, mm -hmm. but a father. Not to just to Dick, but to Tim. Mm -hmm. Kind of to Jason. Whatever. Um, to Damien. Not really I to think Jason at all. <laughs> Robin is so important to the Batman character. Not just saying this as a Dick Grayson fan, but Robin represents the next stage of growth as for Batman. He's allowed to start growing and healing. He doesn't actually start to heal the wounds of his parents' death until he sees Dick Grayson and starts to train him and realize, oh, I've got a new family now. That's an element to the character that I would love to see because so long for these Batman movies, whether it's Keaton, Bale... Affleck, they've all been stuck in this I'm angry and bitter at the world, but they never try to heal their wounds. They're stuck and happy and content being angry at the world. Robin allows him to move on and actually see the hope in the world. And this movie ends with hope, basically. Going, I can't be vengeance anymore. I need to be Batman. Which reminded me a lot of... um. Oh, what's the Darwin Cook Justice League one? Justice League of the New Frontier. It starts with Batman mm. in this like really dark costume and scaring the life out of criminals. And he saves some kids who are terrified of him. So when um, Superman sees him, Batman's changed his costume a little bit to be less intimidating. He's just like, what's with the change of costume? I'm here to frighten criminals, not kids. So I could see him kind of taking that approach for this next one when he gets Robin. Also, they left one of the biggest Easter eggs that... If there was more people in my theater that understood it, I would have actually screamed out from joy. But at the end of the movie, Batman and Catwoman are going their separate ways, or about to, and Batman asks her, so what are you going to do now? And I leaned over to Heather in the theater and goes, she should go to Bloodhaven. And she says, I don't know, maybe go to Bloodhaven. <gasps> she said the thing! She said the thing! Like, I know! Which I'm going... And that scene was the breadcrumbs. Uh, the breadcrumbs are there. <laughs> We're gonna get Robin because they said his city. No, I'm not at all jumping to conclusions. Why do you ask? Josh, take over <laughs> while I drink something to make this headache go away. <laughs> well, and like, there's all the that stuff, and and the, the mention of Bloodhaven is fantastic, um, and the fact that the color palette for that scene is blue is even better. Um, but also Catwoman's line earlier in the movie, uh, it, when Batman's like, what's with all the cats? And she's like, I got a thing for picking up strays. And I was also, like, oh, later, like he's going to. Later when she says we need more eyes on the city or he sit, talks mm. about needing more eyes on the city, I'm going, hey, you should adopt a nine-year-old to punch people. <laughs> well, and just like, I think, especially this kind, this Batman, like all the slow walking through the shadows and stuff like that, like, have having 
a young sidekick that's brightly colored, like throwing quips out, is the exact thing that this Batman needs. I, I mean, like Christian Bale's Batman, he doesn't really need a sidekick. Apparently, all he needs to do is to fake his death and go to the other side of the planet. I um, probably have better knees than he does, and that's saying something. He, that's it, that's saying something. Uh, but like, this, it just makes sense. It you can tell he he does have a uh, what's going to be interesting is he's going to have to I think in this next movie learn how to also be Bruce in some way or shape or capacity because like all the all the times that Alfred's like which shout out for for uh, Andy Serkis's Alfred Fantastic. very minimally used but great great um I love that he's like no like bruce you can't just ignore this whole other section of your life that is also funding the other part of your life that you're really into like you can't ignore it you have to still partake in it i think that'll definitely come into play with fantastic robin like circumstances uh going on on into the next one well also this movie took heavy inspiration from batman the long halloween which is one Mm -hmm. of the greatest batman stories of all time Y'all know there is a long Halloween sequel. It's called Batman Dark Victory, which, huh, weird. There's some character that gets introduced in Dark Victory in that continuity called Robin. Once again, <laughs> it's all connected, man. Aliens are going to introduce Robin into the Matt Reeves sequel because aliens. aliens it's all connected, man. man. The it's Illuminati, <laughs> the Court of Bowels, Third Eye. I can see it all, man. The court of fowls, because they're birds. Also, also, <laughs> I'm gonna completely ignore that because I didn't think of it first. But That's if we get hilarious, if we get court of owls, you know who was supposed to be a talon one day? Dick Grayson. Bad, bad. So what oh, yeah, if yeah, yeah. we introduce Robin in the second one and we get the court of owls in the third one, and Batman starts getting paranoid because he finds out the name Grayson was in the court of owls. And begins to wonder, did I make the right choice by adopting this kid? Is this kid a mole? And begins to become paranoid. And that's kind of what starts the rift between the two of them. It's Batman going, can I trust you? Are you are you really here to be helper for me? Or were you a plant by the court? And he starts getting paranoid. Now, now I'm going down rabbit hole and I like yeah, it. I, yeah, I just yeah. took some drops, apparently. <laughs> Matt had <Hatter laughs> drops and I'm now I'm thinking yeah. of things. Robin's gonna be in the sequel, dang it. <laughs> but like I, something I've always wanted is a clayface story. Like and obviously now with a Riddler serial killer st- type story being a thing, not in this in this movie, the clayface, like being some sort of faceless killer worked is absolutely something that could happen. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. It's, there's just so much. I think this this movie does for Batman what No Way Home did for Spider-Man in that it was it reintroduced you into a world that you're so excited because the possibilities are now endless. And now anything that you thought might never happen can happen. And it just, yeah, there's just, gosh, there's so much going on in this film. Um, I, there's stuff I can definitely be nit, nitpicky on. It's it's by far a perfect film. Um, I did think. I yeah, it's not Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I I definitely started to feel the length in that last like 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, the finale but... doesn't always work for me. It kind of feels a little, once yeah. they capture Riddler, it feels a little anticlimactic. Also, even on a rewatch, I loved it a lot more on a rewatch. I, I was just like, okay with it the first time I watched it. I really love it on a rewatch, but I still don't always love the Falcone side plot stuff of like yeah. he actually being Catwoman's dad and like his death at the hands of Riddler. I'm just like, I this takes the attention from away from Riddler for too long, who is amazing in the movie. Um, and I get that it's used to set up Penguin, but it, there's a little bit too much there. But this movie has such wonderful world building. It never feels like Amazing Spider-Man 2 or just shoehorning things in here for sequels. Yeah. This... All of it feels natural, but there's so after seeing it, there's so many avenues that I'm going, well, I'd like to explore down that way. I'd like to explore down that way. It's like mm -hmm. getting it a fantastic cinematic to an opening of a game. It just plops you in the middle of the world and you're going, which way do I go? And the game is just telling you, you can go wherever you would like. That's you've got this <laughs> choice. It's like Shadow of the Colossus. You can go wherever you want. Really? Yeah, it's all going to be harsh, but you're going to have fun with it, which is basically <laughs> the Batman like they set so many passage we can go with storytelling i don't care where we go so long as robin is in the sequel that's all i need it's robin <laughs> it's batman and robin so... versus the phantasm <laughs> it's not that hard matt reeves give us what i and no one else wants <laughs> so my question to you then and this is uh definitely something that will come up by the end of by the about march next year and I know that I think they said that this is like an Elseworld thing. This is not connected to the main. It will con never continuity. connect. But do you? It's do you foresee any kind of interweaving DC characters no. coming in? None that are all? none that are not already directly tied to the Bat Family. I do, and I'm not just saying this again as a Robin fan. I do think we're going to get the Bat Family at some point, whether it's yeah. Dick, Jason, uh their version of Batgirl. I think we're going to flesh out that world because the Batman universe already is so rich, but I don't see Superman. I don't see Aquaman. I don't see Peacemaker showing up going, why so brooding, dickhead? Like, yeah. I don't see that happening, nor do I really want that to happen as much as I like Peacemaker. I don't need him showing up in Gotham and just blowing everything up. It just wouldn't connect. I don't see the other side character other dc characters that aren't batman adjacent showing up at some point yeah so let me ask you this so i, I think i already know the answer because i think you've already said it but um so if we're saying this is a trilogy what do you think the third the third one kind of ends on do we think it's it's court of owls do we think it's something else i'd probably say court of owls but at this yeah. point seeing how much story they managed to pack into the Batman and how many storytelling possibilities are out there. If I'm Warner Brothers, I'm considering bumping this up to five movies because mm -hmm. I've, I understand why trilogies are popular. It echoes the story structure of a, of the three act structure to just make it a trilogy. But at the same time, having just three limits it after seeing the Batman, I'm like, well, if this is a trilogy, I'm already a third of the way through this. I don't want to be a third of the way through this. Yeah. I want to flesh this out. This is still a young Batman. Don't do what the Dark Knight did. We introduce him. He's been Batman for about six months. Fast forward eight years. Like, I want the progression. Like, the nice thing about uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is it's all been in high school. 
We didn't just age him up out of high school in between movies, looking at you both, Andrew and Toby, uh, because it's easier to do that. Like, I want an actual progression and see the along the way. I want that early Batman yeah. that we got in this. I still have yet to see prime Batman, like top of his game, unstoppable yeah. Batman. If we have, the closest to that is probably keaton and even then he's still kind of limited in what he could do with the suit and he was a little older like prime unstoppable batman we've never really gotten for very long i would love to see that and then maybe 10 15 years down the road do a dark knight returns type story we've already done a lot of dark knight returns but i i want more of the middle the core times of batman not just the beginning and the end which we get all the time yeah if we're going to to five movies i can totally see just because how dark this one was um what would be interesting is because i think they do this in the comics if we hit the court of owls in the third movie and it leads into by the fifth we have death of the family with joker coming back Okay, yeah, death, uh, death of death of with Joker, where he, where he kidnaps everybody and tries to, you know, do uh, basically tries to torture Bruce, and yeah, all that stuff. Uh, um, I can totally see us leading to that if we do Court in the third film, because um, you can do Court of Owls Part One and Two, easy, no problem. Oh, absolutely, no absolutely, um, Part One and Two, and. Ha- if Joker's involved in some way, okay. Rise fine. of the court and trials of the court. Exactly. And then have your last one, Batman. I don't want to. I, the I, last I one, something. the last movie, Batman dies and Dick Grayson has to struggle whether or not to take up his mantle in a battle for the cowl movie. That's how it's going to end, baby. The right Batman <laughs> is going to reign supreme because Dick is always a much better Batman than Bruce. Come at me, folks. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> But like I can totally see that happening. Oh yeah, Maybe. Bruce is totally gonna die. Dick will take over. Oh god. Um. No, but like so. Assumptions here, obviously. So let's say the Joker's already been a thing, and he put and Batman's already put him in jail. Um. There's definitely revenge that Joker's going to be wanting to get out if Batman's the one that put him there. So that's already means to to get back. At Batman, and maybe some of his early mistakes uh, Happy lead to Joker losing acts the last person he legitimately loves. And so he, in the wake of the events of, of the Court of Owls, decides to take advantage and go after the the last thing the last things on the planet that Batman cares about in the Bat family. Granted, that's way down the road, and there's a lot of people that would need to be introduced, and there's a lot of things that would need to happen for that to, to get there. But I think the point is, though, that like I can totally see this going there is the thing, whereas before I don't know if I could ever see it there. So I'll close with this just because I know it'll make Josh happy, but I did see some <laughs> fan casting of like, well, what if? They ever decide to do a Harley Quinn in this in the Matt Reeves Batson universe, and they cast Anya Taylor Joy, and I'm going. Interesting. Don't you dare put ideas out there that will never happen because that 
that just mm-mm, stop it. I mm-mm. Margot Robbie's I, great, I, but Anya Taylor Joy, she's got that like I don't say unnatural beauty, but kind of unnatural beauty. There's of, always something yeah. a little different about her. I see. I almost want. Oh, jeez, I forget her name. The girl that the voices her on the Harley Quinn show. Oh, Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, I would. I, I would. I'm down. Penny Absolutely. from the Big Bang Theory. Absolutely. Absolutely down. She's fantastic. Uh, and I don't mean And we that. have Nightwing. It's season three now. Exactly. They cast him. It's um, what's his face from What We Do in the Shadows, the show. Yeah. So, so now I got to get caught up with There's... Harley Quinn, apparently, is the, is the moral yeah, story. I mean, you already should. Like, that is such a good Add show. it to the list. So I feel like funny. I need to watch Doom Patrol, too. I still haven't got I caught mean, up on I, that. I've decided to not catch up on Doom Patrol because it's not something that's going to. Uh, uh, add to the canonical knowledge. I, I guess is the way I want to say that. But Brendan you know Fraser, I, mean? I he's on, the Renaissance is on the way anyway. Yeah, back I, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> well, what you guys think? Have you seen the Batman? What do you think the future of the Batman, Battinson, Matt Reeves universe could look like? What villains do you think they set up, or do you hope to see? What characters besides Robin? Because Robin is the most important character of this entire universe. Don't tell me otherwise. What other characters would you like to see in this universe at some point? Uh, what upgrades do you think the bat suit could do? Do you think we could get the blue suit someday? White eyes like Josh and I hope. Let us know in the comments below. Always like him from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to it's on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. Help us get to 700 subscribers by the end of the year. That's our goal. And as always, stay sharp with you guys and gals.